You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion. Part of the E2C Network. I'm Adrian Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. We got spring football, and eight days just around the corner. Auburn's gotten a few practices in for their spring ball. We've got a lot to talk about today. Jared, how you doing? Now that we've uh, you know started back, you know we, we didn't have as much you know football talk. Well, I mean we had you know the Harson rumors and all that, but you know that's whatever. We're past <laughs> that. <laughs> now we got some real football to talk about. How you doing? Uh, doing pretty good. Uh, football wise, you know we're obviously just coming off that basketball season um but as far as football goes i'm you know starting to feel a little better uh, hopefully we'll talk about why in this podcast here but all in all not not so bad man how about yourself yep doing pretty well like you said the basketball season i feel like for about 24 hours after we lost uh in the tournament it's just it got me down a little bit but you know, it's one of those things we kind of saw the last few games of the season. And it's kind of expected, even though, you know, my Auburn orange and blue glasses and I, I want Auburn to go all the way. It just it wasn't in the, the cards for Auburn this year, which really stinks. Oh, well, you're not here for basketball. You know, we got another show for that. So <laughs> um, but we do have some good football stuff to talk about, especially with spring practice. Uh, Auburn's had a few practice uh, at this point, they've had a couple, you know, media times where they've been able to come on uh, into the practice and you know, watch some drills. One of the things I do want to talk about, just kind of, you know, before we dive into like the different positions, who's there, who's not, is you know us hiring Keysaw as offensive coordinator and him taking over and and what he's doing, you know, kind of in combination with Harson. What's kind of your thoughts with where we're going with Keysaw and Harson essentially kind of co-leading this offense? Yeah, I mean, you could look at it two ways. You could say, well, we didn't have anybody else to hire, so we went with Keysaw. Um, and, you know, that some of that may be true, but it all it doesn't equal or necessarily mean that it's not going to work out. Um, you know, Keysaw knows Harson. Harson knows Keysaw. I mean, I had never heard Keesaw talk, and then he gave a speech or he, he answered questions to the media about a week and a half ago. I was kind of impressed with him. You know, I had never heard him speak, but just the way he talks about football, um, you know, the way he talks about his players, he seems to care about them. He, you know, he complimented them in certain situations and, you know, said in nice ways, you know, things they needed to do to improve and how they're they're putting in plans and working on that. So I think that, it's going to be really good because Harson is going to be involved this year in the offense. So having a guy that they basically think the same is going to allow Harson to be involved, but also, you know, game manage, you know, as the game gets tight. Yeah. I I think that trust level is even higher. And I mean, just showing, you know, Keesaw, think about this, like let's think about it, where Keesaw was. He also offensive coordinator at Boise. He came to Auburn as an analyst, got promoted when we fired the wide receiver coach midseason last year, and then now he's back to offensive coordinator at an SEC school. And, and like his trajectory, I mean, that's a roller coaster ride for him. But I can see why 
Harson trusted him enough to say, I'm going to make you offensive coordinator. And like I said, maybe we, we don't, maybe that was the only guy we could get considering all the craziness of this off season for Auburn. But I, I was like you coming into it. I didn't know really too much about the dude, but as soon as Keesaw started answering questions, I was like, I mean, I could see him coaching a smaller, you know, college team, just how eloquently he was speaking. And he knew the game, he knew the players, and that's something to be said. Like you have to do that, and uh, at this level, you have to know all aspects uh, of the game. And it sounds like Keysaw does that. Um, he so seems I'm, to have a he seems to have a pretty pretty high IQ of football. And he said one thing they in that conference, and he also has reiterated it to other media members. That makes me real happy. Every time they talk about what's going to be the focus of the offense, he keeps saying tank. And my goodness, weren't we hauling for that last year? So, I mean, what, I mean, you you hate to like you know look back because you know looking back, you you everybody was saying run the ball with tank, and when it was working, and and it just made you think about what Bobo's you know mentality on how we how we run an offense and how Harson. You know, he recognizes Tank is a strength. We should use him. And I'm really hoping that the, maybe the, I mean, it sounds like the shift is happening. Both Keesaw and Brian Harson are on board with, we're going to give the, give the load to the running backs. Really the only like concern I have with that is our run blocking wasn't that great last year. But if we can figure that part out, sure. Let's let's rely on that run game all day, every day. But um, here you, you are 100% right. It was not great, you know, down per down. But with a player like Tank, you keep feeding him because it only takes one crease, right, to mm-hmm. turn one into – like they did against Arkansas. You know, the, it wasn't great yeah. blocking on one of the runs, but he, he got it outside and went, you know, 40 yards and we scored on that drive. So, you know – and I like what they did in the bowl game. Uh, 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 the Locked On podcast did a good one about how, you know, like it doesn't have to be handoffs. Just get him the ball. Yeah. If it's screen passes, if it's lining him up at receiver occasionally, doing whatever you got to do, but you have to make sure in clutch situations, you got to make sure your best players get the ball. Right. And, and, and Tank there were, is our best player. Well, and there were way too many times last year where we didn't go to our key players. And and that, you know, from an Auburn perspective, I'm just like, dude, you know Tank's our guy, or you know Kobe Hudson was our guy, and you're not, you know, setting them up in a way that they're going to succeed and get that first down or get the touchdown, whatever we're, we're doing. And, I mean, I, I'm, I mean, this kind of takes it back to like a, you know, maybe a step back. I think Harson learned a lot from last year. I mean, there are plenty of times where you and I talked about last year Harson just made some, you know, bad decisions. Or Bobo made a bad decision, and Harson was okay with it. I mean, Harson ultimately he's a head coach. He can override, you know, what the offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator says, and you know they allowed it. And so there, there's a point where I think Harson's been there. And, and to me, like think about Harson, you know, he's got a year of experience in the SEC. And, and to me, that's that's worth you know two, three, maybe even four years of experience at Boise. He learned, I mean, he admitted it, he learned a lot. And I mean, I, it just makes me think, you know, the decision-making mid-game is going to be 
something I'm going to be looking at this year to see if that, that changes. Um, and you're already starting to see some of those changes in the way he's approaching spring practice and how he's, you know, rewarding players for, you know, a good workout or dancing with players at practice or, you know, going out and playing paintball with the dudes and like dressing up in like this crazy camo military get up. I mean, like all those things are, are kind of, you know, the things we were hoping for. And I think Harson is getting to a spot where I, I think he's, I mean, it's only like what a month, six weeks ago from all that, you know, rumors, investigation stuff. But I mean, he's moving forward. And I, I think we have to as well. Um, even if it's hard and we, you know, want to think about uh, what, what could have been with, you know, the rumors and investigations, I think we should kind of, you know, it's going to be hard, but I'm going to have to, you know, consciously be moving forward with Harson and uh, hoping for, for the best with these guys. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I'm pleasantly surprised with, you know, some of the things that appear Harson's doing. Um, I mean, even the guys, I think we've said this, but even the guys that left the team and, and, were willing to comment they said look he's a he's a super smart x's and o's coach he just didn't relate to us um and you know but you know that's all relative i mean everybody's situation's different um was he hard on them and, and they just didn't like it who knows but at the end of the day even the guys that were kind of mad enough to leave said he, he knows football and they said if he ever figures out the people person part of it well i you know it's, it's hard to change somebody overnight but it does appear that harston is at least making an attempt yeah and I've I said the words. There is no way you bring Harson back when that debacle was going on. And now I'm getting a little more comfortable with the idea. Um, you know, yeah. I think maybe there is a way because he really bringing in like an Ike Hilliard, helping out with recruiting, making sure Zach Etheridge is happy, mm-hmm. giving him more titles, putting him ahead of recruiting. And I feel like the recruiting has kicked up a little bit. Not that yeah. we've landed a lot of big guys, but we are now like we're bringing five stars on. Um, you know, I kill has got a guy from Miami who's a five star who, who currently right now is most likely leaning Miami, but, um, he's already got him on campus and he's going to bring him back for an official visit. So we're, I feel like we were just trying to find Harson's guys last year. And this year we're trying to like go after the best players. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said for that. Like, well, even, you know, Harson's guys, you know, his players, but I think, now you're saying, hey, you, you can pull in some great talent. Maybe it doesn't fit exactly with Harson, but, you know, that's okay. Like, it doesn't have to be a perfect fit uh, for a guy to come to a school. It just has to be good enough for, you know, him and his parents to decide to come to, to Auburn. Um, and, and I really do think that we're, we're starting to see, like, I, I think of it kind of as a uh, kind of a paper. Like, think back to, you know, grade school. We're seeing, you know, signs of you know in the first paragraph you see the you know the you know, the thesis statement you see like a couple of the bullet points but the meat of it is going to be in like the body text of a paper and that's not going to come really until we start playing football and the conclusion is going to be towards the end of the season how did we actually do how did harson change things over you know this last year and you know, the signs are pointing towards we that Harson and has accepted some of these things, especially with recruiting. I mean, there there were some big criticisms of him, and I, I think that's kind of changing a little bit. But that that's again, you, you don't <laughs> a paper is not completely written 
in the first paragraph. You got to finish it. So Harson's got to finish what he started um, to really get me completely on board with where where this is you know going. Because I mean, even during all the rumors and investigation stuff, I was personally fine with keeping him. But at the same time, you're just thinking, man, this is going to be really tough. Like the the uphill climb is going to be really tough for Harson to win back. You know, not only the players that were still on the team. But get new guys, get new recruits. I mean, the negative recruiting, I'm sure, that came from the rumors investigation were just really crazy. I mean, and now we have, you know, some positive recruiting news. Um, and, you know, I, I expect a few more to start committing to Auburn. It's going to happen. And uh, we're going to get some big guys, especially with having like a guy like Ike Hilliard uh, that has such a great, NFL experience, not only as wide receiver, but as a NFL coach. So, AJ, I'm confused. Are you needing me to write a thesis and a thousand word essay? <laughs> Is that what you're wanting me to? I got a little anxiety here. I thought Ooh. I was out of college. Well, well, I got my red pen ready, like my <laughs> uh, English teacher. Brother, I, I, I did away with a lot. I killed a lot of red pens, man, when those things got graded. It was like the whole thing came back to me and it was all red. Ah, uh, so, yeah. Nope. Nope, you got to fix this. You got to fix that. <laughs> I feel that there, there's definitely my, my, actually, my palms are sweaty right now. Just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Su- super anxious. Get going back to school now. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, Jared, let's kind of shift a little bit into talking about spring practice. You know, the the players that are there, the players that are performing well. We we've only had a handful of practices, but we're starting to get you know a little bit of a pecking order. Now, obviously, this is, you know, in March, the football season isn't next week. It's, you know, a few months from now. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But it is starting to show you, you know, kind of where guys are at. And, you know, by the time we have 8A in a few weeks, we're probably going to see, you know, the, you know, the closer to how how guys are going to stack up. Um, and, and really, I mean, this is the way I'm thinking about it. Jared, I would love to get your thoughts on, you know, after the spring, do you have like, do you have an idea? Because after the spring practice and all, like there's inevitably going to be guys that just decide to leave. Any predictions on how many guys you think will jump into the transfer portal after the spring practice? Just, you know, hey, I'm going to be like, you know, third string at best. Like any idea on that? I think it's so tough to tell because it's, unchartered i mean i know we've already gone through one round of this but this will be the first time after spring ball so i think it's hard to tell i think auburn lost a lot already um so you know maybe maybe we're less than other schools um maybe a lot of these kids hung around to see what would happen i mean i I just keep thinking of george i mean george's only lost like six or seven i just can't imagine that staying the same i mean they got too many five stars on that team that want to play so you know, we're probably sitting at 17, 18. They're at like seven. So you maybe they come closer to us. But I think at the end of the day, they, you, you, you don't want to lose depth. But the main thing is you don't want to lose starters. If you lose starters, that's a sign that, okay, things are going wrong. Maybe things have not been fixed. If you're losing a third-string player, that is bad for depth, and I'm not making light of it. But that is the new – that's the new setup. You're going to lose third-string players. Yeah. Um. I would say if we lose more than five, I'd be a little concerned unless we bring in, you know, those five to replace them. Yeah. 
I think it is the new normal of the transfer portal and we have to kind of be okay with it. Um, with, you know, mid season, it's, it's kind of like free agency and other professional sports. It's, it happens. There's a lot of shifting that goes on and the way Auburn can, you know, be, you know, net positive on this is you have, you know, more talent coming in than you lost. I think it's just inevitable. You're going to lose some people and we we're just going to be okay with that in a few weeks when we start hearing, Oh, that person's transferring out. That person uh, isn't playing football anymore, whatever it is like that. That's the kind of stuff that we got to be okay with. I, I think what you're going to see a lot more of, and it's going to be two reasons. Number one, out of necessity. Number two, if kids aren't happy, they're gone the next year. I think you're going to start seeing a lot more freshmen play. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're going to have to – and that's question mark, but you're going to have to rely on, like, we got some freshman receivers coming in. I think you're pretty high on – is it – or maybe – or he may already be uh, on the team. Was it Jay Fair? Is that who you were high on? Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, on our team now. But, yeah, he's okay. a freshman. I think we got a Tony Fair maybe coming in, too, the true freshman then. So, that's maybe what oh, no, I was no, thinking Tony, about. Tony was our big uh, guy from UAB last year. Oh, very okay. similar. I mean, same last name. Well, my goodness, we got some receiver coming in that's a very <laughs> similar name. But, like, players like that or a Camden Brown is a big body guy, receiver. Yeah. You know, so we're going to see a lot of freshmen play. I'm probably going to see that on the defensive side. You're going to see Juco plug-in plays. We got, you know, the number one cornerback, number one DB, number one defensive lineman from Juco. It's, I mean, if you think about it, not not to go back to basketball long, but most of our team was portal guys, and it's probably mm-hmm. going to be that way next year. That's now starting in football. Yeah. And as well, I mean, as far as like football kind of goes, when you are trying to build up your team, I think, you know, the, the, in football, the class that you get for the recruiting is probably your, your main guys. And they probably won't, even when you bring them in, you know, it's going to be a year, two, three years before like you really start seeing the fruits of that. But sometimes these transfers can almost be like an immediate, you know, death piece or, you know, last year we had like guys like Demetrius Robertson come from Georgia as a wide receiver. I think he was an immediate kind of impact player for us, even though he didn't like, you have the best of, you know, performances at Auburn. It's still, you know, guys like that, that we can go out and get. And, you know, even between the time spring practice finishes up and before you have fall practice, you can, you know, get a few guys, um, in kind of your needed positions, which, I mean, we can start out with one of our most needed positions is wide receiver. And, you know, if you look at it, I think we're kind of, uh, I think it was around like five or six guys on a scholarship for wide receivers, which is really low. And you got to think, you know, we're going to be on the transfer portal, like every five minutes, refresh the page, refresh the page. Refresh. <laughs> uh, okay, I did also just check. It is that we do have a Jay Fair who is a receiver from Texas who's going to be a true freshman. Yeah, he's going to um, be good. <laughs> I, I hope. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's going to be yeah. – I think you're just going to see it because, I mean, you got guys right now that are leaving schools that were freshmen and, you know, they didn't play their first year and they're out. And I'm like – I mean, to me, I'm like, come on i mean you got to give it time right i mean i look if you're if you're two or three years in and you're not seeing the playing field okay if you're one year in at a major college like you're not supposed to see the playing field unless you are super elite yeah absolutely i mean i I think back to auburn this last year with demetrius robertson or d davis and i mean i don't think he even got even a minute or a play 
And it's like, he's a freshman. He stuck around uh, because, yeah, I don't know, for whatever reason, he, he didn't get any play time. So, you know, there's got to be play, players like that out there that, you know, are pretty good players. Like D Davis was a heck of a high school player. You know, he just needs to you know, develop a little bit more. And, you know, who knows? Maybe D Davis has performed a lot better. And, you know, other players as well that we might go and get in the transfer portal. Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network Booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. We've also got, you know, we've talked about a little bit wide receivers, but we've we've got, you know, a very solid running back room with Tank Bisbee, Jarquez Hunter. We got a sophomore, uh, Jordan Ingram. He's kind of sounds like he'll be a kind of second stringer. Um, and and that's that's you know, we're building up that room. We've even got uh Sean Jackson, who's a redshirt freshman. He's five foot eight. And he looks like a bowling ball, just like Sean Shivers. And I'm like, I really hope we use him just because I love when Sean Shivers came out and just like busted some heads. Like I, I and it looks like Sean Jackson could do that. So um, maybe kind of a dark horse kind of person out there in the running back room that might actually get some good play time. Um, the big topic, Jared, quarterbacks. Where are you kind of sitting right now with quarterbacks because right now we don't have Zach Calzada um he had injury to his non-throwing shoulder so he won't be able to practice he'd still be able to you know go through the mental reps and you know go through you know film sessions that kind of stuff but not actually practicing and throwing passes and running through plays where are you kind of feeling the the quarterback rooms at at this point uh I'm gonna shake things up here I'm gonna I'm gonna make some people mad potentially the the Demetrius Davis fans I think that's done. I think Robbie Ashford is Demet- is everything Demetrius Davis is, but bigger with a better arm. Mm. So I, I think if you go the more I, – I think if you're thinking athletic quarterback, you're going Robbie Ashford. I'll be honest with you, it's a gut feeling. Um, I think I think your starter is Zach Galzada or Robbie Ashford, and I got no data on that. That's my gut. I think it's going to be one of those two guys. So – I think when I'm thinking about Zach Calzada, you know, he has good experience from playing, you know, most of the year at Texas A&M last year. 
Robbie Ashford, he was a good high school quarterback. And Demetrius Robertson, you know, very talented in and of itself. And then we got TJ Finley, who, you know, had to take over because of Bo and, you know, even, you know, saved us a game when he came in. But I think the the issue and, and maybe where, I don't know, see if this lines up with kind of what you're, you're kind of going with. I think TJ Finley is very talented, but can be inconsistent. And I think that's where Zach Calzada may be able to, if he's just that much more consistent, you know, edge him out or, you know, Robbie Ashford kind of do the same thing because it sounds like both Zach Calzada and Robbie Ashford are kind of right, right behind TJ Finley. And it's still in spring practice right now. So, you know, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I think TJ has something going against him. You know what you, – you got a good understanding of what it is. You're like, you've seen him in game action. I know that it wasn't – you know, he was thrown in. And, and listen, he could totally improve in the offseason, and I hope he does. I actually like TJ. I wish – I hope he wins the job. Yeah, well, and he's, so, he's a very well-spoken dude. Like yeah, Super again, humble guy, very well-spoken, like him a lot. And, you know, I, he has a cannon of an arm. He's probably got the best arm on the team. And when he's accurate, he's accurate. Like, anybody's going to pick that off. It's going to make it to the receiver. The problem with him is, is he does not go through progressions. And he is not always, he's not always accurate. And if you look at Calzada, Calzada goes through progressions. does not probably have as strong as arm as TJ, but he goes through progressions and will move the pocket to keep things going. And while I know TJ did that in the Georgia State game, he saved our, you know, what on that, um, that went away. Like, it was not happening much as he got into SEC play. Mm-hmm. So, I think that was one of the things I, I had promised with him was he felt like he had pocket presence in that one game, and I don't know that he did moving forward. So, I, I like, I, I literally saw video of all the quarterbacks except Calzada. They were doing these rollouts, throwing into this, uh, you know, netting with a very small hole. It's one drill, but I've read some reports as well of what people are seeing on what they can actually say. And the two best throws were TJ Finley and Robbie Ashford. Nobody else was hitting that hole. Hmm. But we know TJ can do that. Like he's got that cannon, he can hit that, but he's inconsistent. So I'm like, all right, well, this what can Robbie do? You know? Yeah. Um, given given the I, I don't know what's gonna happen. It's wide open. Um, I would lean Calzada and then Robbie too. But I think it's going to be one of those two as a starting quarterback. Yeah. Uh, if I had to place a bet right now, I would say Zach Calzada. But I could also see Robbie Ashford just because Robbie Ashford actually gets to go through spring spring game. So, like, I'd say 60%. Well, here, let me, let me do this. 50% Zach Calzada, 30% <laughs> Robbie Ashford, 10% Demetrius Davis, 10% TJ Finley. I think that adds up to 100 hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> dude you got me writing thesis and adding so i'm like i'm out Woo! we're going back to grade school uh i can't yeah i can't do that um it is not <laughs> going to be caleb williams i will say that yeah every you know that was the, the caleb williams watch forever he will not be our quarterback <laughs> but um i uh that's the guy that wound up transferring from oklahoma to usc but mm. yep. the talk was oh is caleb coming to auburn um you know, and I hate it for Demetrius Davis because that guy stuck through. I mean, he, he recruited – he signed with us when we didn't have a coach. Yeah. He stuck with us. He didn't get playing time. He didn't get to play in a bowl game. I think he's a hard worker. His throws were off, man, on that on that, on that that video clip, um, mm-hmm. on the rollouts, like not close. Yeah. So, and that's one clip. You know, that's that was three throws I saw of his. Yep. Um, 
and I don't hope the worst for anybody. I, I yeah, put him out there if he can get it done. But uh, they were not as good as the other guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, before we kind of move on to defense, uh, I do want to mention that John Samuel Schenker is on the team for his 17th year. And <laughs> it feels like he's been on the team longer than Will Hastings, which is crazy. And is he tenured? Is he, is, <laughs> he, he's scraping in that. Him. Yeah, he's scraping in the the you know retirement check at this point. Like goodness, dude. Yeah. Uh, but hey, love to have him. Joking aside, he he he'll be a steady rock, especially with our young wide receivers. Besides uh, Shedrick Jackson, and I think we're going to need that. I mean, if we need anybody on this team, I think it's John Samuel Schenker. Um, to stabilize some some passing game at this point, so really excited to have him. And uh, know there's other going to be there's going to be some other tight ends like Tyler Fromm and Landon King and Luke Dill, kind of all yeah getting out there. And you know, I would love to see kind of like we did last year, like having two, maybe even three tight ends on the field, just because they can be threats in the pass game and they're just big bodies. And we're going to need that. Uh, unless we go out and get some really, like at least you know one to two guys in the transfer portal from four wide receivers, they're going to list Landon King as a tight end, but he's going to see the field. I mean, usually your third tight string tight end does not. He is. I mean, he's just yeah. He's going to light up and slot. I mean, he's yeah. He's he proved last year he's too big of an asset not to have on the field. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking back to the Iron Bowl. I mean, dude can catch. If he, he made that he... one-handed catch and the two-point conversion. Yeah, like that was like, what? He came out of flying out of It's like Superman. Like, I was like, where are you throwing it to, TJ? Yeah. And then, boom, he flies out of nowhere and grabs it. Yeah, that's so. crazy. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about defense here. So defense coordinator, Jeff Schmetting, Uh I mean, we've, we've talked about this before. Players seem to really like him. Uh, he was on staff last year. And, you know, there was definitely some, you know, positive affirmations of like, this dude is ready to go. And, you know, the players like playing under Jeff. So I, I have some really, uh, I mean, for our defense, kind of really good feelings about this. Uh, we've got a, you know, for the front seven, some great experience coming back with Derek Hall, Owen Papo, uh, Colby Wooden. I mean, like those are the type of guys that I think, we're we're gonna have you know some you know pretty good times with them. They're they're gonna be able to get into the backfield like Eku Leota and Derek Hall did throughout the whole season, and and maybe even better this year because I mean it sounds like they're they're kind of even getting to that next level. I mean Derek Hall has gotten so much high praise. I mean you know shocker you know never he's yeah playing. yeah right <laughs> who's Derek Hall I don't know uh, but I think he's gonna be kind of our uh, I'm trying to think back. Like we we've had so many like Deshaun Davis from a few years back. Yeah. Like he's going to be that guy that on on defense is just going to be there and going to be a presence. So he's going to be a good leader, man. I think he's I think he's going to be a really good leader. So I mean, uh, great attitude, hard worker, super good talent. Um, him and uh, is it Colby Wooden? Is that the lineman i know we got his brother yep. now caleb i think is his brother yep colby's uh, uh linebacker yep yeah you know there's you know we almost lost colby i mean i, I mean there was rumors he technically was actually already in the portal they put it essentially they don't announce it they put it in and then two days later they announced well there was people saying um he's in <laughs> but it never got officially announced we were able to talk to him and retain him and that's huge um you know because that 
I think I think defensive line starting wise is going to be pretty massive. I think it's going to be a really good starting line. Um, you know, it's just going to be filling those holes in the. I mean, it's hard to lose a Kevin McLean. Yeah. Um, you know, Ricochet Rabbit, and I mean Owen Pepo. You know, he missed almost an entire year, so mm-hmm. he's got the talent. He's more talented than in one of the, any linebacker we've probably ever recruited at Auburn. But Kenny, you know, what's he going to do with that? So, I will say Schmetting, and I think I've said this before. And it was the tone of the Kobe McLean, but I heard him speaking in an interview and like he really perked up with Schmetting when they talked about, you know, because that was his coach last year, linebacker coach. And so it didn't look good losing Mason, but I think that was a little more strategic. I think it was always, hey, Schmetting's going to take this job over because he's a really talented young coach. I don't think it was like the offense. The offense was not by design. That was a disaster. <laughs> what happened yeah. with how, how all that went down. But I think this one was a little more by design, maybe not as quick. But I'm not worried about Schmetting. I think we're going to be in good hands. I think the defense is going to be okay. As my ultimate – I rambled for like 12 minutes to say I think we're okay with Schmetting. Yeah. I, I'm – the more I'm thinking about it, the more it's it making me feel better about our defense. Um, because not only do our players – you know, we, really, we did, we only lost, in my mind, Zacoby McLean, Chandler Wooten, Roger McCreary, Smoke Monday. Maybe I'm missing, you know, Tony Fair – he played defensive line for us too. But besides that, I mean, like we've got a good number of guys coming back and we even have like a guy like Eugene As- uh, Asante. I don't know how he's that, but he's uh from North Carolina and yep. looks like he's going to be probably a starter kind of with was, Owen Papo. Yeah. He, he didn't have crazy numbers at um, North Carolina. I mean, he, he had, some sack numbers. I think he was kind of a big play kind of guy, but he was a four star. I mean, he's four star coming out of high yeah. school, so he's got talent. So, yeah, and you and you bring in Jeffrey Emba, you know, who's the top defensive lineman in JUCO. You bring in that uh, what was it, something Jones from Oregon, that transfer guy who's a big body. Um, you know, so we lost. I know people are like, hey, well, we lost JJ Pegues, which we did. Mm-hmm. Um, we lost a couple other guys as well, but um, but. I think it was a big loss for Pegues because of the upside, mm-hmm. but I think we are bringing in guys who we already know more about on the D line. Like Pegues, we think he was going to be really good. I think with Emba and that Jones guy from Oregon, like we already have film on them playing that position more and know they're going to be good. Right, and that's a good point. Uh, even though I love some, you know, JJ Pegues, but it was taking some time, and and that's to be expected. You know, going from who's literally taking, you know, wildcat snaps to playing defensive line. Those are two completely separate things to be doing. And for him to, you know, transition to that takes some time. So, you know, it, it's not too worrying to me. Well, and here's another key real quick. And kudos to him. He put in the work and the effort. He don't want to be doing that, I don't think. I think mm-hmm. Ole Miss has promised him he's going to be playing offense. And I could be totally wrong, but – you know, there's, that is not a Harson issue. Now, he may not get along with Harson, but if he wants to play offense and there's a Power 5 school saying come play offense, <laughs> I mean, that you can't. there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. Right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, that was a tough loss, but I don't think that was a symbol of, oh, everything's falling apart, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I remember when he switched over, it sounded like it was kind of reluctant anyways it, because he's he thinking was. towards the future. He's like, I'm if I want to go to the NFL, like my best shot is probably going as a defensive lineman, but he, it didn't sound like he really wanted to, even though it sounded like he 
he, he yeah. you know, jumped in feet first with it. But yeah. our D line coach basically told him, Hey, if you want to make money in the NFL, come play on my side of the ball. Yeah. And he convinced him to do it. And, but his heart's on offense. And, you know, I mean, hey, let the kid do what he wants to do. You know, I mean, that's, that's what he wants to play. Let him play it. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I think overall, I'm at a good spot with the defense. And, uh, I mean, our, even our secondary, we haven't talked too much about them, but we've got guys like Donovan Coffin, um, Austin Asbury, Jalen Simpson, who's probably one of my favorite players. And when he got healthy towards the end of last year, started to show how good he could actually be. And if he can stay healthy, I think sky's the limit with him. He could be literally, he could be the next Roger McCreary. Um, you know, you, you can name all, you know, no, Ibnogany, like great secondary players for Auburn. I think he can be that. Um, and so, I mean, we, we've even got like guys like Nehemiah Pritchett and uh, wrote Torrance, like, these are guys that have good experience and that got to play last year for our secondary. And we should be able to rotate some guys in. And I think besides really in my mind, you know, the quarterback competition, I think the quarter, the cornerback room, you know, that play on defense, that's going to be a huge competition because there's like five, six, seven guys trying to get, you know, a handful of positions and that that's going to be tough for them. So excited to see how that that kind of shakes out all right jared any other final thoughts about you know where we're at with spring practice and uh you know kind of the progression of all this you know craziness with harson <laughs> i mean you know it's it's funny how time heals most things i mean i've kind of forgotten about it honestly i, I mean in the moment i was like will auburn ever have a football game again <laughs> <laughs> or is the is the program crumbling do we just shut it down and now i'm back to we, like okay you know, and I think that's just a microcosm of social media. Like it, things got bad, no doubt. I mean, it was bad, but we don't even know. I we don't really even know if there was ever even talk of him being fired by the university. It could have simply just been, listen, we've had some things said, we're investigating it, but I mean, we already had him fired and replaced with you know Jeff Grimes. I mean, there was right. already coaches that were taking the job, <laughs> and I don't know that it ever truly got that bad. But um, at the end of the day. We've moved past that. They they got to start landing some recruits. They've had a lot of big names on campus, and that's good because that's where you start. You get them on campus, got to start landing recruits. Winning will cure all that. I still go back and say, if I haven't said it on the podcast, the Penn State game might be Brian Harson's biggest game he's ever coached. Mm. And that's that like game a, three of this year. Yes. That is a winnable at-home game against a – very respected power five school, but it is very winnable. Mm -hmm. And if you don't win that game, I don't know how many you're going to win. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, even Penn state towards the end of last year, wasn't as, as hot as they were when they played Auburn. And I mean, who knows by the time they play Auburn, we seem to always get the best of teams, but the, the, the hope would be, you know, we, Penn state comes to Auburn and we beat them you know, pretty handily. And if we can do, I mean, even, even if we beat them by a touchdown this, this year, I think that sets your season up well for, you know, going to play at LSU, you know, have LSU, then I think it's the game or the game after that. And then going to Athens and, and playing Bama in Tuscaloosa, like those are hard games that if you win some early ones, your team 
starts playing and thinking like they can play well and like extremely well, like at that top level. Um, and, and that would be kind of pretty cool to see. But like you said, I think it may start with that early game against Penn State, uh, I think in week three. If you beat Penn State and LSU, you have a chance. And both of those are winnable um, at home games. I mean, you got a chance that you, you listen, we're not going to the SEC championship game next year. That's not even, I, I don't even care about that. I want to see progression. Mm-hmm. I want to see the eight or nine wins and I want to see improvement and bringing in recruits. If you're doing those things, you're setting yourself up for the next year. Yeah. And, and we're building stability. And if you beat Penn State and LSU, that buys you some time to be like, all right, I can still lose to A&M, Georgia, and Alabama, which you probably are going to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that still leaves you, all right, split Ole Miss and Miss State. You know, like you got to, all right, so you can kind of see a path to eight wins, get eight or nine wins, get the recruiting going. And I think that will get people more on board um, with what they're trying to do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, winning is going to cure all. And if you win early, after all the investigations and rumors and just uh, players leaving, that that's something that you know Harston can point to and say, despite all of the you know the decks stacked against me, I still was able to get wins. And just I mean, Harston could go back and say, just imagine if you were with me the whole time and see how much success we could have. Yeah, and I'll be quiet after this, but AJ, you know, we all talk about, man, I'd really gotten blown out. You know, I hate losing a close one. Well, we all say that when the game's over, but when you sit back and think about it, no, because that's a sign that you're that close. Mm-hmm. I mean, we almost we almost won every game we lost. Like, yeah. The Georgia game was the biggie, and honestly, up until half, and we make a few more catches, that's a different ball game. So, yeah. you know, it wasn't like, okay, we're not even close. No, we're we were close. We needed a few better offensive calls. We needed a few more run blocks. So, like, you know, there's signs there that this could be turned around, but you, you got to go do it. You can't. Mm-hmm. It can't be the same combo next year. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. All right, Jerry, before we get out of here, how can the people stay in touch with you? Uh, you can just find me on Facebook uh, under my name, Jared Davis. Yep. And you can find me on Twitter, A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.